Electricast. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Get more ways to save at the buy five or more, save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save $1 each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Hello, and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show, featuring Jason Zook. In uncertain times, we must change our focus and priorities. This show will highlight social justice issues with the goal of expanding minds and increasing unity, love, and mutual respect for ourselves and our planet. We support the Black Lives Matter movement, Our show aspires to promote social spirituality, which simply means that by coming together, we can solve any of our problems, including the goal of bringing an end to all forms of hate, discrimination, bias, or oppression. We must protect our environment, reform our criminal justice system, and protect every citizen from police brutality. When we come together, it becomes possible to bridge the gaps that plague our society and divide us from within. We the people means everyone. Hello and welcome to the Social Psychic Radio Show. This is Jason Zook. It's a great pleasure I have the opportunity of presenting special guest Tim Doyle to the show today. Spiritual guide, astrologer, and Kundalini meditation master. Tim is a spiritual teacher and guide who shares the channel teachings of the Golden Ones based on universal laws and principles of harmony, balance, order, and unity for the greater good. The Golden Ones have channeled their teaching on the purpose of life for each soul born to Earth. Earth is a spiritual training school, and the Golden Ones' teachings will assist the soul in the comprehension of their path and ascension to their next level of soul development. While now retired and settled in China, after a 35-year career in the corporate world in the United States, Tim is an ordained metaphysical minister, Reiki master, certified Kundalini instructor, and author. It's a great pleasure. I welcome Tim to the show. Welcome to the show, Tim. Uh, Jason, I'm pleased to be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> pleased to have you. And I started to talk to you before we started recording. I, I just wanted to ask you, where are you, where are you located right now in China? In Fushun, China. It's uh, between... It's northeast of beijing near the korean i won't say near the korean border but and uh, relative speaking about 100 miles from the uh, north korean border you've been in china for how long eight years wow how's, how's your experience been over there uh, <laughs> actually china's been a very spiritual place probably the safest place in the world people are very spiritual humble modest hardworking. i love that i'm it's I feel like we're all spiritual beings living in the physical world. So like when you were, when I was looking at your bio and, and just describing it for the show, I was like, yeah, we are in a training school right now. This is called earth. This is called life. And this is why we are learning all our experiences. There's no failures. There's lessons. And it's how we improve upon ourselves to grow and develop and become better so that we can all be one and help each other. That's what I think my personal views are. So when I was looking at your information, it resonated with me. I want to tell you, I want to ask you, how did you start on your spiritual path? Probably when I was little, I, my father was 
I was Catholic and 10 children in my family. And we were raised Catholic. And I just, when I was little, I was an altar boy. <clears throat> then I had a desire to become a priest. And I tried that for a year and, and just did not resonate with me, uh, setting to become a priest. I didn't care for the structure and the teachings and so forth. When I was probably about 20, 21, I started to meditate. And I always had this connection with spirit, going to church and talking to God. And, and even on my days off, I would stop by church and just say a prayer. And, and kind of, I always had a love for God, Jason. And I think that's probably what may make me different from some people. I have in my heart a deep love for God and to be of service for God. And then in um, about 1983, well, actually before 1983, I started to meditate in about 1970, 71, 72. And I had a Kundalini experience. And for those who don't know about the Kundalini, it's, it's an energy at the root of the base of the chart of your spine. And it activates all your all your chakras at once. And at the time I had, when I did activate the uh, Kundalini, and uh, I had an out-of-body experience with it. I love that. <laughs> Can you share that with us? I'd love to hear more about that. Because I know when, when people describe that, they all have individual experiences. Yes, Thanks. I'd love to. Uh, I At the time, I didn't even know what a chakra was. <laughs> and, and so I'm meditating. And my teachers, I started having all these weird thoughts in my mind sexual, obscene thoughts, and so forth. And my teachers told me, just keep going, clear those thoughts, keep moving, keep moving. And then I started to see colors and numbers, beautiful colors, greens and purples and blues, colors you don't see on earth. Hard to imagine with all the beautiful colors on earth that these colors were, were more, oh, I don't know, they were just beautiful colors. And I would see numbers with them and numbers and colors. And it would be sort of like I'd go to the racetrack and I would see those numbers come in. Not that I would play the numbers, <laughs> but, but I was aware to be aware of those numbers and so forth. And like precognitive? Anyway, was it like a precognitive thing? Like you were picking up on numbers before they would be called or you're picking up yeah, on numbers? Exactly. Okay. I'd see the only time I would see these numbers would be in meditation. I'd just <laughs> these numbers along with the colors would just appear in my mind. And I think, wow, this is kind of interesting. I wonder what this means. And then I would go to the racetrack with my father-in-law and he would, he would bet the horses. And I didn't have any money to bet the horses. And the numbers of the horses would come in. And I thought, well, that was kind of interesting. So after now, the colors is your root chakra. That's activating your root chakra. So I'm sitting in meditation, and then it goes, the energy starts going on to the second chakra, which is your genitals. And I'm sitting there, and I'm having these very sensual feelings flowing throughout my body. And I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. I'm not, I must, am I doing something wrong to have these sexual feelings, these sensual feelings? And I thought, well, no, I'm not thinking of anything and so forth. But they were just sensual feelings flowing through my body. And that was, the, that was the second chakra. And then a little bit long later, maybe about a week or two later, I would have a pulsation in my solar plex, 
right below the rib cage, below the heart, uh, there'd be a pulsation there. And it would just pulsate during the, my meditation. And I was aware of that. Colors would go away. The central feelings would go away. And now the solar plexus was the third chakra, which I didn't know. And so I'm sitting there and, and after the pulsation, well, during the pulsation in my solar plexus, about a week later, I start to feel an energy coming in through my left hand, moving up my arm. I'm aware of this energy moving up my arm. And I mind you, I do the prayer protection when I go into meditation to tell me that nothing's going to happen to me unless it's divine. So anything happening to my body, I'm just a witness. I'm just observing what's going on, knowing that I'm guided, guarded, directed, and protected, and everything is okay. And this is just an experience. So I've got this, I've got this pulsation in my solar plexus. I got this energy moving up my, my left arm and it's moving up higher, higher towards the cavity of my body, up my arm. And then I started hearing this noise in my right ear. It was like a freight train or a tornado swirling. And all of a sudden, I start taking on this rhythmic breathing, uh, uncontrollable. I'm just sitting there observing all this. And I've, I've got the pulsation in my solar plexus, the energy moving up my arm, a uh, hurricane in my ear. Having a spiritual awakening, <laughs> right? <laughs> It's a prolonged period. I don't mean to interrupt you, but that's what it sounds like. It sounds like you were activated. Well, Jason, I didn't know what was going on because I, <laughs> I just started meditating about a month ago. I didn't know chakras or, or Kundalini or, or any of this. And I start taking on this rhythmic breathing. I'm breathing. <laughs> Breath work is so important, too. It relates to everything. And I, I, it's like the body kicked in and it started breathing. If I guess if you if you know yoga, it's it's like the breath of fire. It's um you just it's just a rhythmic, fast breathing. And I'm just sitting there observing all of this. Then all of a sudden, my eyes have closed, of course, being in meditation. All of a sudden, this brilliant white light came into my mind's eye. And Jason, the light was, I don't know <clears throat> if you know what uh, phosphorus is. White phosphorus is probably the brightest thing on earth that you could have that you could look at. You can't look at it so brilliantly bright. So I've got this brilliant bright light in my mind's eye. I'm squinting. I'm closing my eyes trying to get away from this light. I can't get away from it. And then for that last, maybe for about a minute, it was a very, very long time, maybe longer, I don't know. Then all of a sudden, I started spiraling out of my body. I was living on the Chesapeake Bay at the time in, in Maryland. And I started spiraling up out of my body, and I was over the Chesapeake Bay. And I didn't know, you know, at the time, I could have gone any place in the universe. And not knowing that, and not knowing what was happening to me, I just sent out a thought to my, my teachers, please return me to my body. And instantaneously, I start despiraling down back into my body. That was what I considered raising the kundalini and clearing the chakras and, and activating me. I feel intuitively as you're talking about this, I pick up energy and you're very energetic, I'll say. I feel you're activated. I feel like after you had this experience and it's a process. And one of the things I love about sharing your story, that's why I wanted you to talk about it. We all have individual experiences of how we became more aware 
of our spirituality, that we're not just here in a physical world and that when we die, we're like dust to the wind. I I challenge people on that based on all the readings I do and all the mediumship I've done. But I, I love the fact that you could share that because to me, it, it it's a perfect example of how when you think about it, we all have spirituality in our lives, how we choose to prioritize it and make it a big part of our lives, or if we choose to like push it away, it's there. And I think what you're showing in your story right now, or your anecdote, is that it's available to all of us. We can be open to it and our, we can be activated to it. Sometimes the universe pushes us into, into being activated. There's life experiences, there's things that occur. And I think that's something that a lot of people lose sight of. When someone comes on a show to talk about their own spiritual experiences, what we're doing with our own, like what you were describing, like in the other, the spiritual aspects of where you were, I can tell you from personal experience, I've had a few experiences like that. And what happened to me was when I tried to describe it afterwards, the vividness of the colors, the vividness of the images, the vividness of all the senses. Like the, It's like if you put a, a virtual reality headset on, but it's, it's 10,000 times more brighter and more amazing than what we can have here, right? I had that for when I was under anesthesia, when I had my second surgery after my cancer. And I came out of that with like this... I was an anesthesia and I had the spiritual experience, but I came out of that. I was on top of the world and I felt overwhelming love, unconditional within me. It flowed. It's like love on the other side flows so amazingly. And I smile about now because I, I can tell you how, how encouraging, how rewarding to know that we can tune into something like that. And I wanted to ask you, when you first had this experience and you were activated, how hard was it for you to make sense of it afterwards to try to understand what it is exactly you were about to do and get involved with? Well, actually, I remember coming back and my it was at nighttime and my wife was in the bathroom and I came back into my body and I went into the bathroom and I told her, I says, I don't know how I said it. I says, I think I was just contacted. I think they they contacted me. That's all I told her. I says, I think I was contacted by spirit. And at that, I was young. I was only like, uh, let's see, oh, 30? No, 20-something years old. So I was, I was young, and, and it's my first experience with spirit. And so I, I didn't really know how to verbalize it or know what really happened to me, except that I felt it was very good. Uh, but uh, Jason, I want to go back, and a lot of people try to have a Kundalini experience, and the missing ingredient and why I believe I really had it is because of my love for God. I wanted to be, I know in my meditations, I wanted to be the most perfect servant for God. And I think what happened is the Kundalini energy supports those that have that pure desire to serve God. And the Kundalini will support the soul that has this desire. And it will assist you. And I, I truly believe that's why the Kundalini was raised. And what separated me from a lot of other people that try to have the Kundalini. I didn't even know what the Kundalini was. I didn't. I mean, I was only meditating for maybe about a month when this happened. So looking back on it, I think the only difference is, is my love for God and wanting to serve God. Yeah, I, I think. I love that. Yeah. I love to hear that because we need that right now. <laughs> we need anyone who can serve God right now to bring love and peace in this world to help with all the craziness that's going on in, in, in everyone's life. There's a lot of turmoil and un uncertainty. And I think 
anytime you could be here with that purpose, it's a higher purpose. It's more than the material goal that a lot of people have. I think once you start delving into this stuff and you, from my vantage point, I have come to the conclusion that I do psychic stuff to give people clarity and reassurance. Like that's my point when I give a reading to somebody, my goal every time I do it is to offer that. And I, I feel like I serve the higher good as well. God, I believe in God myself and I was raised a Catholic. And since I became very spiritual, I have my own, I mean, we all have our own relationship with God, it's personal. But what I also love about it is when you are letting it flow through you and we're just instruments and we can do certain things for others, that's when I notice it's most powerful. Like anytime you try to do something for someone else to benefit them, it flows so much better. The spiritual aspects of our abilities in this human world we live in, even though we're spiritual beings living in the human world. I think the more that you're on point with that, it's like, I want to ask you about that. I, I know you have had your own spiritual experiences and I know you've been touched in your own way and helped others in your own way. I wanted to see if you could share your experiences with our audience in terms of how your path went from the, the awakening process to where you started actually delving into this stuff as a priority. Well, I was in my early 20s. When I was in the 80s, I was meditating. I've always had a connection with my teachers. I, I talk to myself. I Well, I think I'm, I know I'm not talking to myself. I know I'm talking to my spiritual teachers, whoever they are. I don't know who they are. So we're clear. When you say your teacher, you mean your spirit guides? Yeah, that's true. In my early days, I would be guided to read. So I don't read. I'd be guided to read maybe a book. I forget. Um, it was the, oh, I forget the name of the book now. But it was based on the White Brotherhood. And uh, I would read that book. And certain things would come to me or I'd be, my intuitiveness would be acute to certain spiritual things, to do certain things. And then in my, in the 80s, I was meditating and it was in the afternoon, about 3.30 in the afternoon, I came home from work and I closed my eyes and a beautiful, brilliant golden light being appeared in my mind's eye. Like I'm looking at you, Jason, it was crystal clear. It was like watching TV with this golden light being in my mind's eye. He was radiating gold, gold garments, like he was royalty. And he reached from around his neck and he, uh, a necklace floated from him to me and he placed this necklace on my neck. And when he placed it on my neck, I had a tingling sensation going through my body. And the necklace was, I'd had an inverted triangle, golden triangle. It was a golden necklace with a golden triangle facing down, inverted golden triangle. And that was in 83. And I thought, wow, that was pretty interesting. I've had other visitations in uh, dream states where I would, I believe they came from the Lords of Amente, where they would tell me things about um, certain things. And then I would have uh, visitations where three 12-foot golden beings would take me on a journey to show me the, the purpose of thought. But this was, this was actual. Not that the other ones weren't actual, but that was in an elusive state. And that was true what would happen to me. But not like in my physical being, here I am in the physical, I close my eyes and this beautiful golden light being appears to me. That was in about 83. I went on to get my ordination in the metaphysical minister 
And during that process, they taught me how to be, I call it the God frequency in your mind, where in every moment I'm in tune with my my teachers uh, or with God. If I ever want a question or if I or if they want to tell me something, it's like that's the number one channel. I could be watching a football game and they tell me something, and I hear that more than I I see what I'm watching in on the television screen because I'm focused in or I'm attuned to that God frequency in my mind. So that went on. I went on and did had my ordination. I started meditation classes that uh, assist people, and then I went on and let's see, became a Reiki master. And then I went and did the uh, ayahuasca in 2000. I did the ayahuasca in Peru, which was how was that? Ma- major part of my training was the ayahuasca under the influence of the ayahuasca. What was it like for you? I've never done the ayahuasca thing yet, but uh, I've been curious about it. <laughs> you know, you know, I. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm going to do it. I'm just curious to find out because I, I haven't had a chance to really have anyone on the show discuss it recently, at least. Well, Jason, I didn't know what the ayahuasca was. (laughs) So I come home from work one night and my teachers say, take a trip. So I said, okay. So I got on the internet and I says, where should I go? And they go, uh, go with a, a, a shaman. So I looked up shamans and it says, oh, Peru shamans. I says, okay, I'll go to Peru shaman. I signed up 10 minutes later. I scheduled a journey to go to, uh, Peru to, I don't know why. You just went to Peru? (laughs) Yeah, went to Peru. I love that. I didn't know. They just told me, go work with the shaman. So I said, okay. So I signed up, go to Peru. And so I flew into Lima, Peru. And then we went to another place. I forget what the name is. Like, I don't know. Another plane, the next day we flew, let's say it would have been north to a, a small city. Aikidos, I want to say the Aikidos, something like that. And we got, there were 16 of us. We got in a boat. Shaman was from America. He was, he was from Tennessee and he was a botanist. He was interested in the flowers and, and the plant medicine and so forth. And so we get up to, we take this 45 minute boat ride up into the middle of the jungle, no electricity, no running water. And these shacks were made out of bamboo. They, <laughs> Great. I love that. It was like, like from another world. And so as we're getting out of the boat, someone says to Howard, the shaman, Howard, when are we going to drink? <laughs> and I go, drink? What do you mean drink? They go, the ayahuasca. I couldn't even pronounce the word, the ayahuasca. I <laughs> says, drink, drink the ayahuasca? They said, yeah, we, we came here to drink the ayahuasca for Four drinkings in 10 days. <laughs> I think at that time, my teachers might have been laughing at me to, because whatever they tell me to do, I do it. They tell, in May of I get that. I, I, I relate to everything you're saying right now, by the way. When I'm spiritually guided by my guides, like in 2020, when George Floyd was murdered, I went and protested. My spirit guides got me to do that. They also got me to make some amendments to my life. And anytime I get that kind of divine download, I call it, I pay attention to it and I follow it. And it always guides me exactly where I need to be at the right time. Exactly. I don't, they're not saying you must go. They say it's recommended you go to China <laughs> <laughs> and you're not going to say no. See, it was right before the end of the Mayan calendar. I was in Southern New Zealand in 2012, October. 
and I'm in what meditation. Was, I was asking the ayahuasca when you took it. What was it like for you? <laughs> it was. It was the first drinking was in December of 1999, and what while you're drinking it, it's they wait till eight o'clock at night, and it's uh, the ceremony lasts for about mm, six hours. And you're sitting there, a group of 16, and there's two shamans. We all sit in a circle dressed in white. You're in a rocking chair, and you had a, you've got a bucket of water in front of you in case you get sick from the ayahuasca. And you, once you go up, you go up one by one in front of the shaman. He looks at you, and he tells the other shaman how much ayahuasca to give you. It is the most horrific <laughs> tasting <laughs> dirt it's like oily dirt and you don't you which you don't you don't sip it you just down it and hope <laughs> it goes through your taste buds <laughs> everybody just does that i mean it's like you don't and you've, you're watching someone else and if they sip it everyone goes oh i mean you know you know that it's 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 terrible 20 minutes after you drink the ayahuasca, then you start to, it starts having an effect on you. And normally what you do is you start, I won't say you spiral out of your body, but you spiral out of your mind. And your mind takes you to places to relive certain things. The ayahuasca is a clearing of past karmic I would say it thoughts or feelings and so forth that are gumped up in your, in your mind and your spirituality, you're, you're, you know, you're just really upset. If you hold on to things, I call it like when you, when you don't let go of things from the past and it's like carrying 10, 10 extra bags on your show, on your spiritual side, you know, and you let go of that, you release it and it gives you so much more to look forward to coming forward, you know? Yeah, it is. And you spend the first, I would say the first Two thirds of the of the meeting or or the experience in this delusion world of where you don't know where you're going. While you're having these experiences, you don't know you're you're there. Then your mind says, "When the experience is over with, you go, where am I?" And then you go, "Oh, I was in Peru." And then you find yourself back in your body and your conscious mind, and saying, "Okay." And then as soon as you get back. Boom, your mind goes someplace else. And so this would happen repeatedly. And then at the end of this part of the uh, ceremony, the, the goddess Ayahuasca grants you a gift. It's like if you had something on your mind before you came there, and at the time I had two things on my mind. This was back in 1999. I wanted to know about Tantra, the purpose of Tantra. And I won, but my number one was, was Earth a prison <laughs> was earth a prison where we trapped her and what was our purpose and so forth and so i'm sitting there all of a sudden my mind's eye opens up like like i'm watching you right now and the hand of god um i see the universe i'm sitting in a throne i i've got royal clothes on i've got a staff in my left hand i have a scepter in my right hand and I'm sitting there and I've got a crown on my head like I'm I'm king of something <laughs> or I reached a royal point in my development. And all of a sudden, and I've got the universe in front of me. I've got all these stars, billions of stars. And all of a sudden, the hand of God 
comes across in my vision points to a little star barely bright in the corner, lower right-hand corner of my vision, and it says choice. So I knew that coming to earth was a choice. I says, okay, that's fine. I understand that now. They cleared that up in my mind. And then I wanted to know about uh, Tantra and the purpose of Tantra. And then I, I see a, a next vision was, and these visions are like, you talk about colors and how brilliant they are. Well, the, the visions they give you are, are, you know, are like better than 3D TV. You, you, want, you want me to give you one? I tell people, and this is, you're probably going to relate to this and laugh at the same time. I tell people, if, if and you and I can relate to this, when I was a kid, we had black and white TV originally. And so if our life experience right now is that black and white TV, then going on having your experience or having my experience when, you, when you're opened up to all these things, it's like 800,000 K. <laughs> you can't describe it with words. You can only try to describe it. Someone has to go through that experience themselves to really understand it for themselves because spirituality is individualized and personal. The graphics that they that was given to me was so crystal clear. What they showed me, they showed me a naked man on the left and a, a naked woman on the right. And as long as the, the, the man is supposed to hold and the man had an erection and by him having the erection, and maintaining the erection, he was activating his crown chakra. And the woman, as long as he was maintained the erection, she each orgasm she was experiencing was activating her crown chakra. So that was the purpose of Tantra is the- Sexual healing, right? It was a healing. It's, uh, it would open up her chakras and clear her chakras. And the this the- Spiritual experience was for the male to uh, heal the female and not to uh, not for pleasure. Now, I studied Tantra after that. And what it is, is that the male has to not release his his semen. Uh, he has to learn to control his semen and allow it to go up his spine and you do that by learning to relax your, your testicles. Um, your, in your testicles are pumps. And when you learn to relax your testicles, it will pump the semen not out the penis, but up the spine. And it takes a little bit of practice to do that, but it allows the male to recover. recover. He doesn't exhaust himself with the release of the semen, which which does release energy from the body and deplete the energy within the body. So from, from the ayahuasca, I went back in my first experience, I went back for the next five years, same time in Peru, to experience the ayahuasca because the teachings I received in the ayahuasca was extremely beneficial, which coincide with teachings from the golden ones. I didn't know it at the time that I saw the light body and how the light body uh, accumulates, I call it gunk or gum on it, which prevents it from vibrating. And I saw this in probably about 2004. And then in 2012, I was in a spiritual conference in Australia, uh, January of uh, Sydney, Australia, and Thoth came through and explained the prayer to remove these these gum sub substance from um, your light body, which are fears, 
and ill feelings towards self and others. So the ayahuasca was extremely beneficial for my training and the teaching later from the teachings from the Golden Ones, because when they would start channeling, they would explain something to me. And then I would be reminded about my experience in Peru and how it related to the visuals I was receiving and so forth to authenticate the teachings of the Golden Ones. Now, you referenced the Golden Ones. I want to ask you for our audience to understand who are the Golden Ones? Well, so anyways, I had this golden light being appeared to me in 1983. Now I'm in southern New Zealand, October, right before the Mayan calendar, uh, 21 December 2012. And I'm in meditation and a group of these beings came into my meditation and they said, we want to join you. And it was, you know, I've seen the angel of death. I've seen many other spiritual beings. And I just said, I acknowledge him. I says, okay, that's fine. Thank you. So that was October. The mind calendar passed. It was 21 December. And I'm in upstate New York. I was in Naples, New York. I had a beautiful home on the lake up high. And I was by myself. It was 3.30 in the morning. And I'm, I'm doing my yoga. And I talked to my teachers. And I'm talking to my teachers and they tell me things and I'm laughing at them. I'll I'll share this with you, Jason. They said, you're going to be a spiritual teacher, a world spiritual teacher. (laughs) And I laughed at them. (laughs) I (laughs) says, right. I says, tell me something (laughs) that hasn't been already taught worldwide that people are going to, that's going to separate me from anybody else. And people are going to listen to me. And so I said, I laughed at them. Well, about a few days later, they get me up at, I, I would get up at 3.30 and I would do my Kundalini yoga. Uh, they start getting me up at 2.30 in the morning. They, the first time they woke me up at 2.30 in the morning, this is go to your computer and type whatever you hear in your mind. So Automatic writing. My, my, yeah, I, oh, I went yeah. to my computer, I started typing. And I got done, I maybe I typed for about 15, 20 minutes, maybe a half an hour. And I got done and I read it. And I, I says, how should I sign this? I says, I can't take credit for this. I says, this is not me. And they said, they said, sign it, the golden ones. I said, oh, okay. So that's how I got the name, the golden ones. That was they, the first channel. Have they told you specifically where they're from, who they are spiritually, what they consist yeah. of? Yeah. And what it, they said. It's in it verbatim. They tell me that they are co-creator gods, that Earth is a spiritual training school. They are the administrators of this spiritual training school. And what happened was the last time their teaching was on the planet was in Atlantis and Lemuria. And then when it sunk, their teachings were lost over 10,000 years ago. And so at that time, Earth, went from a fifth dimension planet or the solar system went from a fifth dimension to a third dimension, which the vibration was too low for them to bring their teachings through because of the vibration of the people on the planet and the vibration of the earth. And then right before the end of the Mayan calendar was the completion of the the solar system going around the galactic center, which is a journey of 25,920 years. 
And it went from 21 December, it went from a third dimension to a fifth dimension. So the vibration on the planet was raised enough where they could come back and do their teachings again. And so they start channeling their teachings through me. So they are the co-creator gods, administrators of this spiritual training school. And they're love teaching. That. I love the way you're describing it, by the way. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> because that's how what they tell me. And that's, that's my conception of it. It resonates with me. I got to tell you why it resonates with me, because I, in the last few years of my life with this pandemic and everything, I've learned through my downloads and meditating and all that, through my spirit guides, to tell people you don't fail, you learn. (laughs) You don't. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's like if you if you could teach people that more, think about it. We're not failing. We're learning. It's like we're in school for the rest of our, our spiritual lives. Like we're on earth to be in school. And then when we go to the next spot. Or, you know, as we, our body leaves, the, the, the spirit leaves the body and goes to where it belongs energetically and spiritually. It's like, I, I just think it's a great way of, of, of encapsulating what this is all about. Because people won't look at their life as all or nothing. They won't look at their failures and they're not failures. They're learning. If you don't use the word failure anymore, and instead you just say learning experiences, obstacles, challenges, it, it can change your paradigm of how you conceptualize it. Instead of you like, if someone struggles to have a partner and they're single, and I've had people come to me with this, I'll say, you're learning. If if you're not going to be able to meet this one person and they're not treating you right, there's others. <laughs> Don't fear rejection. That gunk you talked about, I, it's the same type of stuff I tell people. Release yourself from that. You're empowering them to be more than who they think they are. Yeah. What happens is when people, when souls go to fear, they don't vibrate. Your spine has, oh, 22 sets of amino acids, three sets of amino acids. And when you're happy, you activate about 50, uh, I'm sorry, about 90% of those amino acids, which makes you an antenna. And it brings, allows you to bring the energy in to manifest your your desires and your realities, your dreams. And if if you're in a fear mode, you only activate less than one third of them, 20%. And you don't get what you desire in life or what you want to, because you're here to learn to become co-creator gods. And gods don't settle for second best. They, They desire the best. They use the energy for the greatest good. And what happens is when you go through the creation process, you create it in your conscious mind. It goes to your subconscious mind. And then the subconscious mind works with universal mind to synchronize the events. Well, first of all, they review what your desires are. If your desires are in a tune to being a co-creator God, if they are, then they'll synchronize the events to manifest, to bring into manifestations your reality. It's speaking my language, by the way. You're speaking, Uh you're using all all my language. You're speaking exactly... (laughs) As you're saying your words, I hear it in my head. And I'm like, he's going to say manifestation, <laughs> manifest. Like everything you're describing, I think it's so accurate. I think it's right on. I think we have our own language when we're spiritual. How yeah. many people, if you walk down the street, anywhere you are in China, Tampa, it doesn't matter. You walk up to someone who's not spiritual and you say, how's your chakra? They'd probably be like this. Like, <laughs> and I think, I think for our purposes, I, I love your story because it gives the insight 
from your experience. And I think it could empower people to not be afraid that if they have a Kundalini awakening themselves, or if they have their own spiritual dynamic with someone like the golden ones or my spirit, like it's, it's like we're being activated to do higher purpose, higher vibrational stuff, bring love to the planet. Let's shed our, our addiction to materiality and, and trying to be domineering with each other. Let's, let's help each other. Let's cooperate. Let's raise this vibrational energy of, the, of our society and our planet. And I think we're in a spiritual renaissance right now. I think we're having this conversation right now because after all the, all the crazy stuff we've been going through, I think we're meant to reflect on it, grow from it, learn from it. Like you said, the school, uh, Ursa school, spirituality. I, I think you should do a book about that or something or create something with that as, a, as your own co-creator God. You need to do something that has to do with the explanation further about what the golden ones are telling you, how we're here to learn how we're here to be inspired, how we're here to grow and help others and, and really make some significant changes, not only for ourselves, but for the planet itself. Well, there are three books of based on the website based on the teachings of the Golden Ones. They're free. Anybody can download it. We don't charge anything for all the products on the website. If someone wants to contribute, they can, but they don't have to. We don't want to deny anyone from receiving the teachings of the golden ones. All the teachings are in there to um, inspire individuals. I feel like you're going to do something in the future, not so far from now, where you're going to have further explanation of your teachings, of your ideas, of your principles. And I think it's going to be something around the lines of learning and teaching and and how we're here to, to, to grow and, and experience. I think there, aside from the books you've done already, I think there's another thing you're going to do that's going to be very informative. So you're going to probably be doing something like that in the future. I wouldn't doubt it. Put it that way. Well, I hope so. I hope maybe maybe we'll be there together, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love what I'm doing right now. I, I, I wake up in the morning and I, I smile because I know I'm about to do some spiritual stuff. Anytime, I'll ask you this. Anytime I have a spiritual experience, and what I mean by that is if I give a reading to somebody, I do an awesome interview like this, or I do a post, or I anything. It always elevates my, my energy always elevates. It makes me happy. If, if you, you have something you're depressed about, try to have a spiritual experience, go for a walk with nature, meditate, call someone you love and tell them you love them. It, it's all different layers, but, and all different acts, but I find it's always elevating me. And I wanted to ask you, are you the same way when you have these types of experiences, do you feel elevated afterwards? Like after our interview right now, are you going to feel elevated for a few hours? I will tell you, I likely will. Actually, I, I considered feeding my soul. My soul is hungry for food. And this is soul food. Talking yes. to you and uplifting someone is soul food that it's feeding my soul and it makes me want to do more. That's how I look at it. I love it. it. Soul food. I, I love I could talk like this till I'm blue in the face. Like I love it. Um, you know, I I found that my podcast gives me an opportunity to really come across some amazing people who share common ideas. And it, it's, it's really educating me. It's like if you go to college for four years and you get your degree, well, as an adult, if you want to learn spirituality, create your own niche. If it's a podcast, if it's a book, if it's a spiritual study, figure it out. Talk to other people, real life learning, hands-on training. That's what we're doing right now when we talk about this stuff. Because we're identifying concepts and principles for people in our audience who may not have thought about ayahuasca, who might not have thought about spirituality from the way we're describing it. They may think of it as go sit in a pew at church and pray on Sundays. And, and that's fine too. Everyone has their own relationship is what I mean to say. And I, I like that. I like that we all have, you can go to a shaman, a priest, 
You can go to a rabbi. You can go to a metaphysical place. It doesn't, I mean, I meditate with crystals. Anything that I could see as a healing modality, you too. Okay. Like anything is a healing modality. It works. And this is a healing modality. It's the primary healing modality that we could use. Because when we elevate our spirit, we elevate our soul, we elevate ourselves, and we nourish ourselves. Very good. I agree. 100%. I didn't mean to go on a tirade about that, on a side note, but I just get so excited sometimes when we talk about this stuff. I uh, <laughs> you could tell probably. <laughs> I want to ask you this because we are running low on time, but I do want to ask if our audience wanted to reach out to you, how would they find you? Yeah, the website is www.thepathtooneness, all one word, dot uh, com. There's three books there. There's many guided meditation programs. There's a, there's probably over well over there's well over a hundred videos. Your podcast will be there on the <laughs> website awesome, <laughs> when it comes out. I'm in no hurry. There's a, probably about oh, 150 blogs there on everything and on the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual bodies, all free to download. Uh, I do astrology and numerology reports that are extremely accurate. And I charge a minimum fee, just a fee, because I have to prepare them and they're computerized. Of course, of course. I understand that. Yeah, it takes me a little time to prepare them. So I charge a little bit for that. But all the writings on there are from the, uh, the golden ones and it's free to download. Now, there's, there's a, a program there called the Ascension Master Program. I told you that that. I'm always in tune to the frequency in my brain. I call it the frequency of God. There's a program there called the Ascension Master Program. Same program I had to go through back in 1983. It's a 28-day program where we guide you day by day for 28 days. There's four weekly files that you'll listen to, uh, PDFs to read to and things that will guide you to listen to songs and so forth to attune you, to assist you in attuning to the frequency in your mind. It's a discipline. It's a discipline of listening to your thoughts. And and the universe is always talking to every soul in every moment. Yes. But we don't, we're not disciplined to listen. You, you listen. Yeah. (laughs) You've learned to listen. And uh, so much, I've, so I've much. You have no, uh, you understand it. And once you, once you tune in, it, it becomes, as I said, <laughs> I had someone ask me, it was like a college friend asked me, so what's the most amazing thing that you like about your new stuff you're doing? I'm like every day. What do you mean every day? Cause every day there's a new experience. Like I'll have someone calling for a reading or I'll do a inner, it's, it's always something. And it's always about a spiritual topic. So I feel like for me, it's, it's like swimming. Once you learn how to swim and I'm not really an avid swimmer, that's a bad analogy, but once you learn how to do something and you love it and you get nourishment from it and you get the energy from it, the exchange of our energy right now, while we talk and our audience is hearing this, but it's exciting because so many people, I think fear death, fear the afterlife, fear, grieve, you know, they fear because they think we're a dust to the wind. I don't believe in God. When someone tells me, I don't believe in God. I'm like, go, go try again. <laughs> go back and try again, because I'll respect your wishes if you don't believe in God. But when you deal with a lot of challenges on this planet and you realize you make it through all those challenges and we're all spiritually protected and love emanates and it's all around us, we just got to learn to have self-love, tap into all that. I say, believe in God. Why not? It, it's kind of a point to me, like 
how could all these things exist in our lives if there's not a God? That's synchronicity. Just my, I believe heavily in the synchronicity. It's, it's a force of nature, I believe. Gravity and synchronicity and love all in my mind reflect similar laws of nature. People don't see it that way. I see it that way because of all the mediumship experiences I've had from the other side. When people tell me I connect with you through my loved one because love connects me and I can watch them and I'm involved in their life still. And I can watch from a, it's like a reality show. That's my, that's what I get. But it's interesting because you think about all these concepts and people will listen to this and some might be really into it. And then other people may listen to some of it, be skeptical, you know, maybe Google a couple of the things we talked about, like ayahuasca and Kundalini and these different opportunities. I just think books and things. And one of the things I want to say too, is when I first started my spiritual path, when I really started doing like open psychic readings and stuff, my best friend guided me because she's a, a psychic herself and she's spiritual. And I just remember wanting to learn as much about everything as much as possible. Like my brain felt like a sponge. And I decided to study metaphysics, Sedona, University of Sedona. And I did that through online. And it taught me, like you talk about your higher, higher mind and all that, and the metaphysical stuff. I was starving. I was like a kid starving, wanting as much nourishment and spirituality as possible. And it was funny because then I started a podcast. Guess what? I'm getting my dose of <laughs> my perfect <laughs> dose of perfect spirituality on, on a daily basis. And it's, it's so, it's so like, I just can say, I, I say God exists because my life is the way it is. And I'm just grateful. And I'm grateful that we had a chance to talk today and we're going to have more of these. I, I have guests come back all the time. I love having guests return because you can't have a full conversation about spirituality in a stationary place. For example, time doesn't exist on the other side, in my opinion. I'm sure you probably feel the same way. So if we're trying to describe what spirituality is, you got to, it's like taking different photos of it from a time frame in our reality to encapsulate it properly, show as much of it as possible so people can make their own decisions with it. And that's what I find just so exciting is no one's limited once you start understanding it. Very true. Jason, there's so much we haven't discussed. We haven't discussed cleaning the light body, what our, the light body is, how to live forever, the purpose of death. There's so much, so much. I would be curious to find out what you have like on those. Have me and you compare our notes on that. What do my spirit guides tell me about what I already know what death is based on what I know? But then you might have another piece of that puzzle, that huge puzzle that we all have. You put the pieces together and we're all one connected. And then you're going to see this real enlightenment, like, wow. (laughs) Every time I have these synchronicity to me is when I'm thinking about somebody and I'm not in touch with them. And then they contact you or you have a song that you think of with a deceased loved one. And it plays repeatedly when you're thinking about them or the times of day, (laughs) like four, 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 three, 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 two, two, two. It's crazy how that stuff all ties together. And I, I welcome anyone in the audience who has those experiences to reach out to us because I'm sure we can give you some clarification on things. It makes sense of things. I appreciate it. So it's, it's, it's exciting. The whole thing. I definitely appreciate you coming on. We are running low on time. We are going to have another episode. <laughs> I probably will say sometime towards the summer, we'll come up with something. I'm going to fit you in my schedule. We're going to do another show, a compendium to this one. And what I want to do is I'd like, and this will be unique for me. I'd like to compare my notes to your notes and we'll do a conversation that the different things we want to talk about that's left is still, I mean, there's so many things, but we can compare notes because your spirit guides, your, your golden ones and my spirit guides are probably feeding us this information for a reason for enlightenment and, and for higher purposes that we all appreciate and can understand. Actually, our spirit guides may be one and the same. I, 
wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. They don't, I just start calling them spirit guides like openly because I know I'm channeling something that's not me, but it's, I'm an instrument. We're we're instruments, you know, I don't have an ego about it. I tell people, like people say to me, how did you go from being a lawyer to being a psychic? And I go, I was trained to be a lawyer. I've always been a psychic or I've always been spiritual. It's just, we all are spiritual. And I love that. But I I do want to thank you for coming on the show today. And I look forward to us planning another show uh, in the near future and, and continuing our conversation. So this could be part one of our conversation on spirituality. My pleasure, Jason. Thank you very much for inviting me. I just want to thank Tim for coming on the show today. Anytime I, I have another spirit, spiritual person who's who delves in this stuff and they have their own abilities, it's, it's exciting for me because I like, it's like kind of checking and comparing notes. In this particular case, there's a lot that we touched on. And I think the, from my vantage point, meditation, using ayahuasca, going in nature, connecting with your higher self. These are all things we talked about in themes. And I really appreciate Tim sharing his vulnerability and sharing his personal story of his experiences, his experience with ayahuasca and being able to share what he's encountered with the golden ones. I believe very heavily in this stuff. I think the more we can talk about balancing ourselves, bringing harmony to our life and having the chance to really pull back the onion, so to speak, to, to kind of start understanding these concepts the more we do that, the more it's not going to seem like ephemeral, like it's it's something that is mystical. People, I think, fear spirituality because they don't understand it. They think that you're in the here and now in the 3D world, and that's our limitation. And I challenge you to not think that way, because when you do think that way, you limit yourself and you cut yourself off from a larger opportunity to really enjoy your life here as a, as a student. I love that analogy. I believe it as well. And so... If anyone's interested in wanting to delve more into this stuff, I, I highly encourage you to reach out to Tim directly. I'm going to have his website, pathtoonenes.com, in the show notes. So if you have any questions about our show or anything about our topics, feel free to reach out to me. Info at the letter D, socialpsychicradio.com. And I will continue to be providing our programming to our audience. The main thing I'll say, don't give up. If you try to meditate, for example, and you just don't feel like you could do it on your own, there are so many resources out there and we are in a spiritual renaissance right now. So whatever you can do to up your game, become more spiritual, more in touch with yourself, it's going to benefit you. It's, 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 it's a healing modality in so many ways. Thank you so much. Stay positive. When you're positive, anything's possible. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Social Psychic Radio Show. Don't forget to join us for another episode next time. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give us a review on iTunes. You can also check us out on Facebook, and don't forget to visit the Social Psychic YouTube channel. Until next time, it's a big world out there. Keep an open mind, embrace your paradigms, and know that the universe is always yours to explore. With the Baker's Plus Card, it's easy to get lower than low prices. For the win! Earn fuel points on every purchase and save up to a dollar a gallon at the pump. The Baker's Plus Card. All you do is win. Big, big savings. Sign up now at bakersplus.com and start saving. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Savings may vary by state. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your favorites with the buy five or more, save a dollar each sale. Simply buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with your card. Baker's. Fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Mark. And I'm Peter. 
We're the founders of Electrocast Media, bringing you great podcasts like Nightmare Road Stories, Tech Talk Revolution, and Bodacious Minds. Electrocast networks include Ruby for female empowerment, the best business network, and GPN for geopolitics. We built this company to create community and amplify diverse voices, and we really appreciate your support. So keep listening to Electrocast Podcasts and hear the culture. Electricast. Welcome to Ringside with Ray and Prince. My name is Ray Leonard Jr. Oh, that's no, that's just my dad. My name is Prince Daniels Jr. Daniels again with a big on this show, we come to humanize athletes, entertainers, business executives. We're going to see what makes them tick. Tuesdays, 10 a.m. Pacific time on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and wherever you get your podcast. We'll see you there. Peace and power. Electric acid. Electric acid.